That's not right. just like. All right. All right. Jill, you got this. That was like, that was like, that was like 70s newscast. I'm sorry. All right. Delete that. Take it back. <laughs> uh, no, we will not delete that. Oh, and no. this is the Editor's Roundtable. Oh, I am Michael Sanders, uh, our feature editor, and we do have... I'm the editor-in-chief and apparently kind of a fool because I just <laughs> sang a I song am for you. still here, <laughs> yes. the campus editor yes. of TR Campus, Malik Giles. Yes. And my name is Dang. I'm the managing editor. So... Um, before we get into this uh, board meeting, can you, yeah. can you please explain what you was just doing, coming up with the theme song for the Editor's Roundtable? Oh, you know, just your run-of-the-mill brainstorming and mm -hmm. creative minds melding. and Creative minds, right? Like, yeah. You know, kind of thing we were just kind of feeling it. Like, I feel like there needs to be a theme song. Malik <laughs> agrees. <laughs> and we're just trying to make it happen. And how do you feel about this thing? I, I'm, I'm all for it. I cannot sing, so I appreciate people sing and make theme songs. Oh, I can't sing, but make attempts. An attempt was made. Mm. Cool, cool, cool. Let's get right into it, Miss right. Bo. Hi. What we love about TCC and this job? Covering board meetings. <laughs> so, board meeting—it's kind of a gamble. You don't really know what to expect at a board meeting because they allow public comment at the top of their meeting. So typically what happens is they have their agenda and they pass a bunch of stuff and that's fine and, and exciting and all for them. But during the public comment at the top of this meeting, we had a student, Jessica Ramirez come in and she works with ice out of Tarrant and she came to express her concerns about DACA, which is, um, it affects students who are undocumented, who were, um, born elsewhere, but came to this country at a very young age. So basically that means that they are ingrained in the American culture and they don't really have any ties to their country of origin. So the best thing that we can do for, well, the DACA basically, you know, protects those students from having to be, um, to go back to a country that they're not familiar with. So this student um, brought up FERPA, which is a law that protects privacy uh, students' information on college campuses. Um, and basically that means if somebody tried to get some information from a professor, maybe like a, a parent or a friend or something, then that, par uh, that professor would not be allowed by law to give out any of that information. They're there to protect privacy. Um, so this student brought up the fact that um, that the the campus should do more, that they should have a, uh, a safe campus resolution so that the DACA students aren't in fear of being arrested by um, ICE officers. Um, ICE officers are required to have a warrant if they're looking for someone specifically on campus. Um, so they she's asking for a resolution to protect um, students from uh, you know, being outed, basically, for their legal status being um, unlawfully disclosed. Um, and so FERPA is there to protect it. And so basically, she was just bringing up the fact that this is a big concern. Um, if you look back in the Collegiate Archives, back in the September of 2017, we already we had a protest regarding DACA on the South Campus with this very issue. Um, and we had another demonstration, same location, same month, one year later. So this is an issue that's kind of been ongoing. And uh, so Jessica, um, as well as another one of her colleagues, Diane Wood, were um, available to comment on this directly and to bring it to the attention of the board and everyone who was attending and to put it on public record. 
Um, so I found that to be really interesting and really important. Uh, really, really good thing that came out of the board meeting, whereas sometimes there's not a whole lot going on in the board meeting from sometimes, <laughs> depending on what month it is. I mean, because other than that, they just passed their agenda items, which is the purpose of their meeting. Um, they shared a few other things with us. But for the most part, the most important was Jessica's speech and bringing that to light. Well, good job, Jessica, for making the board meeting exciting. Thank you, Jessica. And thank you for bringing up just a subject that's that affects a lot of people and is really important. That is cool, really cool. But the real news here, we have our uh, on the scene reporter, Dang Lee. Um, with the nose former, for news? Former editor of TR with the breaking story of a cold red on campus. Can you give us more details, sir? Yes. So I was in the uh, I was in TR on that day. Of course, I have a class at nine. Um, so when I came into campus. What day was it? It was uh, last Thursday. So it was the 20th. Okay. Um, so I I got into the campus at 8.45, and then as soon as I walked towards the East Fork building, I heard the fire alarm went off, and mm-hmm. people started closing the library and all kind of such and started to go, like, started to get evacuated. Um, and nobody knows what to do exactly because on Tuesday, there was a, not, there was a false alarm that got people evacuated for around 15 minutes, and then things just stopped. The elevators start working again. People start moving again. So right now, during the first alarm, people didn't know what to do, but they still followed after anyway. So then it was re- then we realized uh, everyone in the in the building realized that it was a false alarm. So we got back to class. Elevators were working again. So we got into class at around um, nine, and then there was a second false alarm. Um, the second false alarm, and when um, that's when all of my classmates and my professor we got into we got out in a different way. So when we got out, then we heard um, other professors said that it's also a system mistake. Hmm. Um, and then we got back in, and then after we got in our class, that's when a campus police actually um, walked in and tried to evacuate and say there's a real fire going on in the sixth Whoa. floor. Um, so that's when we start realizing because right after the second time, um, all of my classmates and I, we were in the, um, the elevator. So there was this one student, he got in, he got out of the elevator on the sixth floor and he said that he smelled something burning. Yeah. So, and I quote from one of my, uh, from one of the students, Emily, she said that she thought that everybody was just sweaty and it's just a stinky smell. Huh. It's <laughs> not. <laughs> it kind of seems like more likely than a bathroom being on fire. Yeah. Can't blame her for saying that. <laughs> so we we all just brushed it off and just got in class. And then we realized, whoa, that dude was actually like he really smelled he it. it. He sensed yep. it. Um, so then I start grabbing my notebooks and, and then I start interviewing people as to what happened. Um, and then it turned out that, uh, I got a confirmation from the assistant police chief on Monday that, um, a 19 year old girl named Per Petit, um, she is arrested in charge of arson um, and it's it's still an ongoing investigation, and right now there are still a lot of rumors and allegations around the arrest and around around as to what actually happened. Yeah. But for all we know is that um, it was it happened on this uh, in the female 
bathroom on the sixth floor of the East Fork building. And as of this morning, I just checked. Um, they still had it closed. They still had police sign. They How much of it is roped off? Is it just right at the door or is there like the surrounding hallway and area that's also cut off? It's just the door. You okay. can still go to the male okay. bathroom to the opposite of it, but the female bathroom is all locked and you cannot. It's a crime scene? It's it's it's. I, I guess it's considered a crime I'm, scene. I don't know. I'm trying to think of, I mean, uh, other than having to repair it, I guess they don't want anybody to go in there, huh? Yeah, yeah. obviously. Um, so, I mean, all the, I think all the cleaning people were allowed to get in there. It's just the students and faculty members and pro, uh, students and like professors and okay. members are probably not allowed to get in there um but it was it was long it was i think uh, we stood in the cold for like an hour on the um corner of the campus i would have given up and gone home so after about 15 minutes <laughs> like all right yeah people i'm people done with were, this day people were going home i saw a lot of my friends they were just heading home yeah. um i couldn't i was doing my job so well, <laughs> let me tell you about dang doing his job dang doing his job right he was chasing down officers. <laughs> he was like, hold my Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's you know, true. It's true. I was like, I am amazed that, you know, Dane Lee has the, I, what's what's the word? The uh, determination. You have the wherewithal. <laughs> the puts. <laughs> so what the is hu- that word? The hutzpah? The to do this job, I'm like, yo, I, 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 I'm proud of you, man. Thank I've seen you. it first, firsthand. Yep. <laughs> Thankfully for us, <laughs> Dang was on the scene as the action unfolded. I mean, I was just, I just didn't think that I was waking up on a Thursday morning thinking that there will be a fire going on and I'm going to get, I'm going to go and like evacuate it like three times. And then report on it. But yeah, <laughs> it, it worked out um, and we'll, we'll follow up as to what's actually going to happen to Pearl. Yeah, we'll have to check out what the damage is over there and, and uh, we'll see. So what I mean, not to make assumptions with that. What why do you think she may have um started that fire? I I would say this. Um right after um TC right after the TR campus, um the Fort Worth scanner also said that there's um, a female bathroom arson in same um, in a high school in Arlington. It's like three or four minutes right after that, and apparently it has been going on for like a whole month of these female bathrooms getting like students burned lit something a lit a fire. Wow! Oh, what an arson challenge! I don't know. Oh my goodness! Could you imagine? <laughs> don't even make that suggestion, Mike. <laughs> Probably it's a real thing now. It's just that we are too old to know that. Uh, so. I think we're too old to know better. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. True. Maybe, I mean, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. These are the last of the Tide Pod, baby. So. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Uh, oh, man. They survive and they have created another trend. I guess. Uh, Please, That's another kids. trend to Instagram drum. A TikTok challenge. Oh, oh please don't. None of that, please. Sorry, cool, cool, cool. Um, Let me ask you this, Dang. Did, um, oh, I just lost my train of thought. Um, I completely forgot my question. Sorry. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> I, I would say that after the second alarm, um, and, and that's the reason why that I think 
at the end of my article, I've raised these concerns as to during the second alarm, people didn't even move that much. I don't see even people evacuated. I've talked to some people working in the office and in the international admissions office, who and they're located on the third floor of the uh, East Fork building, and they said that they were told not to evacuate it at all. They just that they were just told to just sit there and ignore the fire alarm, basically. Mm. Um, not in their own words, but obviously they were told to. Everything was fine. So, and I talked to a few students, and, uh, and even during the third fire, all in their head was, how important could this be? Yeah. How, like, so it, I've, I think this raises a concern that not many students in TR campus now actually believe in the... Um, in the fire alarm anymore. Which yeah, is concerning. when two of them go off mistakenly and then an actual fire occurs, mm-hmm. that can be troublesome. That yeah. can be a problem. Not to mention there was a f- uh, another, a f- another false one on Tuesday also. So there were three false alarms before an actual one. Yeah. And, you know, it's... It's it desensitizes people yeah. to it. They start to ignore it and think it's not serious. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden it's serious. Yeah, and we've been uh, we've been told by Mr. Uh, Reginald Hall that um, the the it w- there was a r- renovation on the East Fork side of the building, so they touched the button accidentally. But I don't know. It's just that three times is a little bit too much, considering it takes like ten to fifteen minutes for each of them to happen. And then there was an actual <laughs> fire. There was an actual <laughs> fire that that caused like an hour and a half or something. Yeah. yeah start believing after this <laughs> right every time yep. so do you think the students feel safe on tr or um i would say that I, I talked to a lot of them and a lot of them still feel safe but they would rather know what what is actually going on because as of now nobody uh, unless like outside of me who actually reach out they don't get any confirmation from the campus as to why there were false alarms at what what actually happened um, I guess it's actually our job to reach out but also the, 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 the student body should receive letters from TCC to actually confirm that okay this was a false alarm and this is what actually happened so that they felt like oh okay so this was a mistake it's not like I'm studying in a school that has like a failing system right. or something like that Mistakes do happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're all humans. Mm-hmm. But. All right. Well, that was the first half of our podcast. Uh, we'll catch y'all in a few minutes. All righty. All righty. Hey, everyone. This is Wani Barr from The Collegian, and I am the multimedia editor this semester. I just wanted to give you guys a heads up that we are hiring for campus editors at South, Southeast, and Northwest. Uh, We also have photographer jobs and we have designer jobs. Uh, If you're interested in any of that at all, I highly recommend that you apply because it's a great place to work, uh, not just for the people here, but as well for the experience you gain, uh, as well as you can create a portfolio for yourself and you get paid for doing it. I honestly think uh, I recommend it to everyone. So if any of that interests you at all, uh, just make sure to visit us at collegian.tccd.edu or email us at collegian.editor at my.tccd.edu. Now, let's get back to the show. Hey, welcome back to the Editor's Roundtable Podcast. I am Michael Sanders, the feature editor of The Collegian, along with Malik. I am the campus editor of Trinity Rivers. And Dang Lee. Oh, hello. Yeah, hello. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's jump right into it. We're going to go to the editorial. Kids need to know about racism and prejudice. 
All right, so let's talk about the editorial here. Um, so I I came up with this editorial idea because um, for so long I've heard people said that there are few things that you should avoid discussing at home: um, religions, um, politics, and you know all the sensitive subjects. And um, while I do understand why, and why I do understand the sensibility. Um, To me, kids now have had a lot of access to social media, to um, a lot of headlines, and they may be exposed to all these politics, like all these political discussions, way earlier than anyone could have expected. And um, basically in this editorial, I raised um, a problem that I think that parents should expose racism and start discussing it to children as soon as they start They, they reach that three to five age when they are in that developmental phase that they they know they start realizing their surroundings and start asking questions and start understanding situations. I think that's when parents should bring out these um, problems with them, like preschoolers, because you never know what kids in schools are doing. You know, like somebody really lit up the bathroom the for like for god's sake um so i guess what i'm saying here is that you i there are there are multiple ways and it can be really hard to to explain to your kids these sensitive subjects but i guess it's a it's a responsibility to do it before they get actually exposed to to social and and to their friends who may influence them with bad ideas that The, their race is superior to the others, and gradually it turns into racism, where where they you know treat where they feel like they're better than the other races, and where they feel like they are you know better at ev- at everything. So children is young is the future, and parents should discuss politics and should you know help building the next generations up i agree with you uh I wholeheartedly question. i have a question before sorry i don't mean to cut you off mm-hmm. but um do you like think uh, i'm trying to think of a way to form this question do you think like racism and homophobia are like hand in hand like when it comes to like uh you know like um parents sitting down and talking to their uh, kids about this, like, uh, don't don't be racist, and of course, don't be homophobic and stuff. Do you think, like, parents should be the one to be talking about their kids when it comes to, like, that situation? Um, I guess... It's kind of similar to racism, too. Yes, I guess that's, that's what I'm said. Uh, that's what I said. Even though we mainly focus on um, racial discriminations, I think that it's important for parents to to start discussing every aspect of those issues. Um, it's better for them to, to say about it rather than let their kids trying to figure out themselves. You know, it's easy to say, hey, don't be this and don't be that, but... You know, it's it's easy to say the execution and how to do it is the different part, um, and that's when they need that's when kids need guidance from their parents, and that's when kids need to listen because 
you know, no kids were born like with all those hateful ideas in their mind. It had they have to be influenced from somewhere, either from their um, surroundings, either from the internet, either whatever. But the the general consensus that I have come to believe is that with the with the clear guidance that parents made for their kids, um, they could they could be a better person and. Gradually, if each kid becomes a better person, we will have a better society, and I think that's where we should be heading towards. Not trying to dodge away all mm-hmm. these like sensitive questions like that. What is homophobia and what is like racism? And then parents be like, "That's bad. Don't do it." Um, I think there should be a more sensitive discussion and conversation to. For, for kids to understand, okay, this is why I'm not doing this. This is why I'm not doing that. Rather than just here, don't do it. Because kids are curious. Mm-hmm. Um, they they will just, if, if they don't get an answer from this one person, they will, do, they will get it from another person. Um, so I would rather them get it from the right person than from an anonymous source on the internet that may, you know, give out some weird ideas that, um, you know, being racist, there, there's no such things as um, racism, we, we're better, any of that. Um, I would just rather them, the kids know the right info from the beginning when it comes to those racial, when it comes to those discriminations issue. Well, what I was about to say, believe it or not, um, a lot of racism is taught at home and you know very i mean it's very rare that you have your social influences go with go into it right um for example um everybody know i i, I game right so you have these 8 year old kids that would get on you know call of duty and you know they quit to blur out the N word or the F word, and I'm pretty sure they're not learning that from school. Uh-huh. That's you know what I'm saying. That's taught at home. So not only you know these kids need to know, you know, not to be racist. You know, around friends that may be racist, they need to learn also at home. From I mean, the parents need to know, you know, not to teach and promote racism or homophobia or explain what homophobia is, you know, or, you know, so because a lot of people, and, and I say this because me and you had these talks before about um, homophobia, this and that, and, you know, it can break down because a lot of people label people homoph- homophobic because they may not agree with something, but you don't have to agree with something as long as you can dialogue with it, with respect, without fear, without, you know, because everybody is different. Everybody has different values. As long as those values doesn't equal to hate, you know, and I I believe that needs to be touched upon a lot also. You can have a difference of opinion without somebody hating you, you know. So, yeah, that's just my um, two cents of it. Your philosophy of the day. <laughs> yeah. uh, but moving right along, um, 
to, I guess, yeah, this is about to be boring as our uh, Who Nanny, The Clone Wars. Ooh, Nanny, this is not boring. Anybody who's a uh, Star Wars, who's a Marvel fan, or who just like comic books, like. I like comic books. Oh, you're like, then how is it boring then? Like, yeah. they make comic books. <laughs> yeah, it's Star Wars. That's a whole nother conversation after this podcast. But. Tell us about the Clone Wars. So the Clone Wars, this is season seven, I believe. And um it picks up right after season six and then it's going into like like right before uh, Revenge of the Sith, like where um Anakin turns to the dark side and like and it's Dark Vader and stuff. But anyway, what I gotta just praise about this season is that uh that just like the animations, like and how how um, how deeply that Disney actually kind of put their time in it. I don't think it's just Disney alone, but like the animations and um, all the character develop development and like just like the storytelling and um, this should be like you can just look at the Mandalorian and um, if like from Disney Plus on Disney Plus and you can see that's like it's a really good uh, story and this is it's this. Like it's before that, and it just it's gonna fall into that, and um, yeah, just like if you a Star Wars fan, you you're gonna enjoy the first episode because the first episode is still action packed Clone Wars, and if you like the clones Clone Wars, it's like you're gonna love this episode. Well, for those who don't you know don't know what the Clone Wars is, can you explain what the Clone Wars is? The Clone Wars is uh just like. It's the war. It's the war that happened before uh, the, the, uh, the the originals, and um, and uh, you can you can spoil it. Um, now I'm trying really hard for, not for to spoil spoiler this. alert. I, I can I can feel your your like yeah. I'm pretty sweating much, that you're you, you're not spoiling anything. Yeah, I'm pretty much the first three movies, you know, <laughs> or whatever. The first three movies, the first four movies, you can pretty much spoil those. Those are ten years. 20 years, 40 years. So, okay, the originals, like, you know how Dark Vader, well, Anakin becomes Dark Vader, and this is just, like, the events right right at, before that, and, like, how, just how he was a uh, Jedi Knight, and, uh, and how he just leads the clone, like, clones into, like, this big army into, like, war and battles and stuff. He was a general, and um, this uh, last season is supposed to, uh, it's supposed to um, reveal, like, how, what he uh, what he, what he was going through right before Revenge of the Sith, and um, is what what Star Wars fans is gonna like is like um, it just it um, what Star Wars fans are gonna like is because of old like all the old characters and everything. So would you say that, like right now, I don't have a Disney Plus subscription. Where should I begin? Should I should I just sign up and just watch it? You or should, like, I should, I mean, I should? You probably sign up and watch it. Like, there's 20 uh, episodes that um, Disney put in a playlist that are essential before watching this season, mm-hmm. and like you don't have to watch the fillers and everything. So, so how long would that that playlist be? That 20 episodes. So each you? episode is like 25 minutes. So like I probably it probably take you a few hours probably. That takes me like. What like five hours before I can get to the series? Is that? I mean, I mean it's really I mean, nice though. Like it's it's pretty action. I mean, I, I guess because um, I'm not actually a Star Wars fan. I've never watched any Star Wars before. Like, do 
does it tie to like the movie at all or like the the Star Wars movie or is it like a, t- a it spin off all, series? all this uh all this ties to the movies and just like this like I said, this is uh the events after like I said this is events before uh Revenge of the Sith and like after Attack of the Clones where like in Attack of Clones you you are introduced to the clones and um people like Commander Cody and um the and um other clones that are very valuable to this uh series and um it's the clone Wars, so they're gonna talk they're gonna go broadly into the clones and just like how like they um how they turn against the Jedi like um before um how they turn against the Jedi and like why why did they do that and like how some clones didn't just turn against the Jedi how how they didn't do that and like how they uh how they just like came sorry that was something just, flashed like, something and Malik got distracted. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, how they just like just went extinct afterwards, kind of a little bit. So too. how how long is each episode, and when does it come out? Each episode is twenty five minutes, and it comes out every Friday, um, through the f- May eighth, I think. So. All right, if you love Ewoks, I guess watch um, the Clone Wars. Uh, yeah, Ewoks is not going to be in this <laughs> in this series. Well, you know, or Mace Windu. Mace Windu is in this series. Um, so, <laughs> in Eternity Events, I was about to do the outro, but Dang Lee wants to do the outro for this week. So, Dang Lee, our managing editor, <laughs> take us out this podcast. I'm, I'm trying. I'm testing out something new here. Um, so, thank you for listening to this episode of the Editor's Roundtable. Um, be sure to pick up the latest issue of The Collegian, available on all TCC campuses. All TCC campuses! <laughs> I don't need that. Um, but anyway, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at TCC The Collegian. That means social media! <laughs> and be sure to visit collegian.tccd.edu for the rest of your TCC news from us at The Collegian. That means go on the web browser and find us. But anyway, that has been the Editor's Roundtable Podcast. I am Michael Sanders. I am Malik Giles. And my name is Dang. And we appreciate you guys for tuning in. We're out.